Welcome to Health from the Heart podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Lily Hartwell, a licensed naturopathic doctor on a mission to catalyze the journey toward overcoming your autoimmune disease. We'll show you the tools and how you can grow through this podcast. Welcome back to another episode. Today we're going to be talking about increasing your efficiency so that you can spend time doing what you love, more of doing what you love. We got some really incredible questions um, sent in after the first few Productivity Hack podcast episodes. So that's what I'll be talking about here today. So grab a sparkling seltzer and have a listen with me. The first thing that I'll say, um, which I may have already mentioned in a coaching class with some of you, is that a lot of people struggle to respond in an efficient manner and it creates a lot of stress for them. And so a question that was sent in was, How do I counteract that given that I do receive, you know, hundreds, if not a thousand different forms of contact each day? And the response that I have um, is that if I open a message, I'm planning on acting on it. So if my assistant messages me something, I start typing a response. If I'm not in a situation where I have the capacity to to send a response, I can always unread the message, like select it to be unread, and then I will process it when I can. Um, However, even if I've done that, I do attempt to start a message or start a response, and I may put it in my notes, um, or I may make a reminder that at a certain time, if it's not a high-pressing priority response, that I will um, make time later to respond to it. So that means, um, basically, when I am getting a response and opening it and acting on it, um, I will address it and I may might address a few ways in the future. And I've talked about this at length in another, po- another podcast episode. So make sure that you're up to date on our, on our episodes so that you know all of this and I'm not being redundant. Um, but I also, like I said, I open the messages when I can act on them. So um, a lot of times what that will look like is the first thing when I get to the office, my assistant inevitably will have sent me things and um, several of the people on our team are actually in different time zones because Arizona doesn't um, doesn't do daylight savings time. So if somebody's living in even just a different part of the state, not to mention, um, you know, for example, one of our team members works in um works and lives in Illinois. So there's a time difference right there. So typically, um, some of the team members will already be a few hours into their day before I even begin mine. So the sooner that I can respond to things, the better. I am often the bottleneck in the practice and the coaching programs. So having that quick response time is really valuable so that my team can respond and take action. So knowing that, um, I respond quicker in the morning than I do in the evening afternoon because typically um, I'm not getting a lot from them since they're usually a few hours ahead of me. Now, that being said, um, I also will make reminders in my phone if I'm not in a space to respond. 
Um, sometimes I'm teaching a class when things come in and I'll just have to triage that when I can. So I'll make a reminder in my phone or on, in a calendar system or I'll jot something down in my f- physical planner. Um, and then when I do plan to respond, I, like I said, I anticipate a few of their responses. So if somebody's inquiring, for example, about a date in which I can meet, I will offer not just one date of availability because there's a lower likelihood, right, from a statistical standpoint, there's a lower likelihood that somebody can meet me on the same day that I'm offering. So I will offer multiple days, a diverse number of days, diverse number of times, either morning, afternoon, or evening if I'm trying to vary the offering so that I can get a better handle on when somebody is able to meet because there are so many people to meet in terms of attorneys and bookkeepers and accounting and um, I'm sure I'm overlooking people, but it, anyway, when I'm making the response to meet, I will offer a lot of other options. And then I will say, here's why I can't meet at this time. So that's if somebody's trying, if none of the times I've sent work for me, then I'll say generally after 4 PM, um, doesn't work for me. So take that into anticipation when you send back your dates of response. Um, And a lot of times, if I can just have what might be a meeting, if I can just do it in a couple of emails, I'm more likely to do that. Or I will compound a bunch of uh, responses in a single email and bullet points or I'll number them. And then what people will do is respond. And then a lot of things that I will do that make my responses quicker are especially in an email or a text form um, I will respond to each individual line message in a text or I will copy and paste the message in an email and then in a different color or a different font I will respond so to each question so I'm not rehashing what the question was that they asked that really increases not only my response time but my clarity because a lot of times people don't understand what part of their message that you're responding to The other thing I'll say is that imperfect action is better than no action at all. Um, I have a couple of really close friends who get totally overwhelmed um, with any point of contact. So, so much so that they may take days or weeks to respond to something because they want to respond just the right way, you know, whatever that means, just the right way in quotes. Um, So they overthink it and really it's just a quick response, just from the heart, authentic Um, here's what I'm thinking and it's not reactive it's just okay this is is how I'm going to approach this and here's here are my thoughts and um, sometimes people will ask for details that I don't have on hand like for example a scheduler was for the for my courses that I teach at one of the colleges a scheduler was asking me um, for specific weeks that we would be in person and specific weeks that we would be hybrid in virtual and I didn't have that on hand because I had to co- um, evolve that schedule with my colleague that teaches one part and I teach the other part and we had we had a diversion from the schedule because of the previous offering was over a holiday there was a holiday that conflicted so some of our lab time ended up being lecture time some of the lecture time ended up being lab time so I didn't have a great response for this person but I knew that it was important for her so I asked her besides responding to a bunch of other things that she said in the email I said I don't have access to the the week's per se right now um how imperative is it I know that you're trying to you know she was creating an excel sheet to send out to the students and I knew that information was important so I asked this is how it looked last quarter um 
I asked her if that was going to be suitable or um, be, and then I explained the situation with the holiday and the colleague and not hearing back from her. And so she actually said that was fine, that what I had responded was okay. So then all of a sudden something that was high priority then got pushed back another month and a half because we don't have to provide her those weeks quite yet. Um, And so that turned something that was high priority into a lower priority just by being honest and conveying the information that I knew and that I had and anticipating a few steps ahead of what her initial response was. So opening messages and acting on them or marking them as unread until you're ready to respond can be really helpful. Now I mentioned this marking them as unread because a lot of times what people will do is they'll say I will respond to that later but if the message has already been read and you have a thousand messages in your inbox and 12 of them are always unread. I know there are some of you who have way more than that that are always unread. It can be hard to um, remember to respond to something that you've already opened. And then I think for many of us, the challenge is in getting started in the response at all. So like I said, um, that's where I start to just respond or start crafting a response even if I'm not ready to respond or I don't have a moment to respond um, because I will think of somebody I need to email and it might be you know like earlier today I thought of something I needed to email somebody um, and it was two in the morning and I was having difficulty sleeping and something creeped into my head it was like high priority so I drafted a message to someone um, and then I sent it to them you know four or five hours later after I got back up from bed and they were happy to respond and, and hear that because um, I had kept forgetting to send them the message. So sometimes taking the first step, like drafting the message, is the most important part too. And then remembering that imperfect action is better than no action at all. You know, we're always going to want to craft the perfect message, but sometimes what somebody really needs is just a response. And they're, they're only going to spend a couple minutes reading it anyway, typically. Um if at all, like sometimes I get responses and I'm like, did you even read my, the message that I sent? But okay. The other thing I wanted to say, um, moving along the lines of efficiency here is that there's always another way. So often we find ourselves, um, in these corners, in these catty corners of there, this is the only way that this can get done. And when we limit ourselves in that way, um, it can really affect us. And, and the reason why I'm bringing all of this stuff up, if I haven't already mentioned, is I find that people often say they don't have enough time to take care of themselves, much less their families, um, and their health. They have a hard time prioritizing their health. And when we get down to it, they're parsing out all these issues, um, be, like they're staying up late at night responding to work emails because during the day they didn't have enough time to respond to them because they were working on crafting the perfect messages or they weren't using templates or they weren't anticipating somebody's responses so you're going back and forth with someone 20 times when what could have been five emails instead by thinking a little bit ahead so all of this can rob you of time for self-care decompressing taking care of your family enjoying your life because we are stuck in an inefficient way of being and an inefficient way of living um, and we're spending you know I know people are like well I don't want to rush through things in my life and that's not what these um, recommendations in this podcast are going to be about it's about allocating your time in a smart way so that you can have that enjoyable time with your family uh, that you feel like you don't have and with yourself too with your own self-care so another place where I I notice people seem to spend a lot of time is um, the post office 
So, um, I, I can't tell you the number of times that I waited in line at the post office for over an hour and I was sitting there thinking like, wow, I, did I already eat my snack from my purse? Because, uh, this is a long line. And of course people will get vicious there at the, to the poor postal worker. And it's, you know, it's a stressful environment. And a lot of times I don't have the time to, to wait there. So what I used to do is send my in-person assistant there. And then when it was almost my time, because I, the office is so close, I would um, go in or I would work in my car and then she'd let me know or something of that nature. But quite often now what I can do is prepay for the postage ahead of time and then I'm just dropping it off when it opens like I will today. Or um, instead of going in store, I use a bunch of postage stamps um, with my return address and I'll put it in the drive through box because a lot of times... Um, we can actually send a lot more like large envelopes and envelopes in there um, and it really expedites the process for for mailing things. Another thing is the bank. Um, I often find that there is another way. I like to cash my checks um, instead of deposit them, but I always tend to drive by the bank when they are closed. Um, because of my working hours and a lot of times too I don't know if you guys have been experiencing this but a lot of times bank branches that were more open on some of the weekdays or the weekends um, they're not open anymore especially the branches that I used to frequent so um, I'll just visit when they're closed and use the ATM or um, something of that nature so that could be an option too for for there's always another way with the post office or the bank um also ordering things online like grocery stores and this is all might all might be helpful too it was partially inspired by one of my um colleagues who has a little one so she, in order to go in places it actually takes a lot longer because she has to cart in her um, little one and that little one might be um sleepy and she doesn't want to disturb her nap time so these were a lot of recommendations that i find people who are raising little ones, this can be helpful for them. You can order a lot of things online, even in retail. Um, you can order online. A lot of times those retail orders and grocery orders that are online are prioritized over um, you getting help even when you're walking around in, in a store. Um, and then you can pick them up in the parking lot. That's frequently um, what my patients who have little ones are doing. And then if there's a problem with like a bill, for example, I had a trouble with my internet bill. Um, so I first investigated myself online and um, I provided screenshots in a helpful online customer chat and I ended up saving myself hours of call waiting. I mean, how many times have you called, whether it's an internet provider or, or a bill or some kind that you needed to get clarification on and what had happened was they were prorating me a charge um, and I didn't, I wasn't aware of what happened, but it was drastic. It was almost double. So I was just wanting to make sure I knew what was going on. And instead of, you know, waiting for hours on call waiting in the inevitable dropped calls or improper transfers, um, I would just easily do everything with the chat. And then, you know, they always want a validation. So it's a lot easier to provide screenshots and things in the chat and then take a, take a screenshot of the finished chat or print the chat transcript so that later you have that evidence if anything goes wrong that you did talk with somebody um, because sometimes on the phone you know you don't know people's name or their their number or whatever you can easily get lost in the system um, and also you know when packages get lost I don't know if this is something that happens to you but 
a lot of times for me, packages get lost and it's a lot easier for me to just um, communicate with the portal, the customer service people in a, in a virtual way rather than online because I can also be doing that when I'm in meetings or things that don't really require my input. Um, I'm in a lot of administrative meetings that I probably don't really need to be there so I can be multitasking in that nature in that way in that nature um and then uh for example another way of there's always another way of doing it is um paying for things so for example um an accountant previously told me I had to wait for a mailed bill and then come in and pay it but I had my business and my businesses and my personal um accounting done with them so I was waiting on a few different bills to come in through snail mail and their hours to pay always conflicted with my practice hours so and it's quite a drive to get to them in in phoenix it's very common for things to be quite a drive um so i was finally able to get in touch with them and it turns out that they can email me the bill and i can pay over the phone and then get send a receipt so that eliminates the whole trying to travel in the middle of business hours to them in the first place. And I've been working with this company for several years and I didn't know that until this year. So that's a, an example of, you know, possibility for you. Um, is there another way that you could pay for something where normally you have to go in and pay? Um, I see a lot of people when I am in the bank physically um, who will come in and they, they say they have to go in and pay their um, phone bill. And, you know, I have all that um, automatically taken out of my account so that I'm not even, you know, wasting time or energy on that. So it's interesting to see how people, um, have everything set up each month, but it also takes a lot of stress out for me to get these things done and accountable virtually because, uh, I was one of those people once upon a time who wasn't a great steward of their, uh, money. And I, it's a very different story now, but one of the things that really helped me is auto pay and having a system and schedule of even knowing when my bills are supposed to come in. Now, I know that's shocking probably for some of you, but for a fair number of you, you probably don't know when each day of the month your bills are supposed to come in and supposed to hit your account. And so if you are like that, just simply sitting down and making a calendar of what your monthly expenses look like can be really helpful so you can anticipate those bills and those fees. Um, and then self-checkout at the grocery store. I can't tell you how many times I have gotten out before the person that was in front of me in line at the grocery store because I just used self-checkout. And I also have increased my um, ability later on to stock things at my home um, because I have a system of like this is frozen foods and these are uh, refrigerator foods and these are pantry items. And so obviously um, I can unload the freezer and refrigerator things. And if I do a big haul, um, which I do every quarter, then I don't necessarily need to invest energy in unloading the dried goods because I know where they are. And having that awareness of knowing where they are can be really helpful in needing not needing to unload them right away. Um, and I can then, you know, allocate time for something else um, and slowly put them away at a different time or when I'm listening to a podcast. So I've increased my productivity in that way. And also having an awareness, I, you know, I can't tell you the number of times I accidentally left something in the car um, because I didn't have an organization system. And I so when I got you know, all of a sudden it's like three days later and I'm like, what's that smell? Oh, I've left this, um, you know, perishable item in the three degree temperature, 113 degree Fahrenheit, uh, car. 
and I didn't even realize it was missing because I didn't even know what I was buying sometimes. So using all these steps, I've really increased my productivity tenfold by using um, each of these actionable items I've mentioned. I also spend more time with my patients and my students and my family by implementing these tools. So like I said, this isn't about rushing or being lazy. This is about having the time to spend with your family, especially if you are very, very busy with your work like I am. Um, So if any of these speak to you, I would love to hear how it benefits you. And the next thing I want to talk about in terms of your efficiency is simply being present to the moment. How many times are you doing five things at once and realizing that you aren't doing any of them well? When you get present to the now and you live in it, you'll find yourself remembering that you did lock the door, you know where your keys are, you did turn off the lights or the candle, you did grab your credit card, all of these things that seem to plague us as a human as a human in this environment. I can't tell you the number of times a patient was certain that they left their card at the office and then it turns out that the card was in their trash at home because they weren't being present during an activity. Too often we blame forgetfulness on aging, but much of the time it's not being mindful to our surroundings as they occur and then not getting quality rest but honestly that's a whole other story I could spend hours talking to you about so that goes for your expectation of others as well managing our expectations of others can be a huge component in this how many times did you expect something from a loved one and they forgot to do something pick something up they forgot about an activity that you planned or committed them to but you told them And when you did, they were in the middle of other tasks or were otherwise distracted and you could see that it really didn't land, but you were going to say, well, I told them. And I see this happen with spouses a lot, especially in the office, because a spouse will call another spouse while they're getting treatment and the other spouse will have forgotten, or um, it may or may not cause tension depending upon the scheduling conflict or the deemed importance of the call, Um, but also with care. Generally, one or two chief complaints are the purpose of office visits, but people will come in the office with questions about a supplement they started themselves on. Meanwhile, they haven't come in for six months, and there's six months of symptoms to report and track. Supplements and new treatments they've tried, they want reviewed. They want labs, new labs. They want refills on their prescriptions, and with labs, they'd like me um, to review that they've brought in that I didn't have any forewarning about. And there's usually an acute concern in addition to the chronic concern that they typically will mention just as they're heading out the door. So all of that can be unreasonable for the time that we have together, right? And by managing these expectations and being clear on the time that we have um, in regard to all of these things that I've mentioned um, and letting people know in a conscientious, mindful way of the things that you have planned, can be really helpful. So for example, for me, I have had to start getting really clear on the expectations for each appointment and acknowledging that I can only do so much at one time and honor my time and my energy while I honor the time and energy of the next patient as well. Because it is truly unreasonable, you know, if you were to go to another provider, typically a conventional provider would not do Uh, this is like seven or eight visits worth of stuff. And a lot of times, unfortunately, I do have patients who come in wanting that and not realizing how much um, behind the scenes work that's going to take and the lack of quality care that can be provided when you're rushing things like that. And another, that brings me to another thing, decision fatigue. I have edited out a lot of 
decisions in my life because I used to fall prey to decision fatigue. Now, somebody once said that it was a result of my astrological sign, which was interesting. I'm still learning about that stuff. Um, But I did find that, you know, when you're making so many decisions in life as a doctor and a professor, if I can edit out decisions that I have to make that really don't mean as much to me, then I definitely will. And examples would be like what I wear. I typically will wear scrubs. What my hairstyle is. I have like a handful of hairstyles that that I'll do, most of which don't require me to be in front of the mirror based on what all I'm doing that day. Um, And my schedule, like I have, this is general outline of what each day looks like each day of the week um breakfast usually I have three or four go-to breakfast options and those things will be planned on Sunday I typically will pack the night before so that in the morning I'm not running around you know like a chicken with my head cut off trying to figure out where did I put this where did I leave this because if you haven't heard the other episodes um sometimes I forget important things like my chargers and things like that so by not only having a contingency plan but also allocating time for those um and to remind myself to pack the night before I'm not as likely to forget things that I need and then I have obviously don't have the the luxury of journeying all the way back to my home if I've forgotten something because I do um, live about an hour round trip from where my office is. And then at the same time with the decision fatigue comes in meal prepping on Sundays and my snacks, having really convenient snacks. I usually have um, snacks laid out on my counter. I used to really drive. I had a partner who had some mild OCD symptoms and It used to really drive him crazy when I would do that, but it was really helpful for me so that in the morning I could just grab that and put it into my um, lunch pail. And then I typically always will have a non-perishable snack in my bag just in case I get stuck in a meeting or, you know, inevitably my schedule doesn't end up looking like what I thought it would look like. And that's because I have people who get sick and they want to add on or there's an acute thing going on, et cetera, et cetera. And that kind of brings me... um, to building out a schedule that allows you to do the inevitable. So people often ask why the office is only open 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. when they know that I get up so much earlier and I'm often at the office well after 4 p.m. And it's because we plan for the inevitable. Most uh, most mornings, there are a plethora of patient messages, administrative messages, labs to review, things I need to work out with my assistant, prescription refill requests, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And then every afternoon or evening, it's much of the same. But there's also scanning in the paperwork from the day, preparing for appointments for the next day, which may include setting up or prepping treatment plans or researching literature on the latest updates in treatment. And then on Fridays and Mondays, inventory is reviewed for the following week's appointments to ensure that we really do have enough supplies. Um, If you haven't been informed of this, you know, much of health supplies are backordered. So it's like a balancing act to make sure we have enough supplies in advance of the schedule, that they didn't get delayed in shipment to us, that the company didn't run out of supplies before they shipped us the package. Unfortunately, a number of medical supply companies will notify us that the package they've shipped is incomplete only after the package arrives. Um, And then it's incomplete because the industry doesn't have it at large. So it doesn't really allow us to plan very well. And the example that, you know, obviously I've been using examples for my own life because this is 
my practice is my life. Um, so if you know that once your kids are awake, you won't be able to work on emails or something that must be done that day, um, or that they'll need to stop at the store for a poster board, or they signed up to bring cupcakes, margin the time in your schedule for the inevitable unanticipatory events so that you turn things from a time crunch into a small inconvenience. It goes from a crisis into a small inconvenience. And this goes for, you know, those of you not raising kids or grandkids, if every morning you know your boss will message you at a certain time, budget a cushion of time before that to take care of your needs. And honestly, I have found building a schedule that allows for these inevitable changes really helps quell a crisis into just a minor inconvenience, and it helps with my managing my stress for the day. Being an entrepreneur can be very, very stressful. And I'll give you another example. Um, I remember one time I came to the clinic and there had been a rainstorm. Now, if you're not familiar with the monsoon season in um, the desert southwest, we get these really intense, um, sometimes microbursts of high wind and high waterfall that might not last for a long period of time, but it will oversaturate the ground too quickly for it to um, travel through the soil. And so what happens is flash flooding. And in my clinic, one of the first, I think the first year, that I was at this office space, um, I came here and I had margined a 45-minute window before the first patient and the office was flooding through the front door from a microburst that had come in. And this was my first year in the office. I think that might have been the first amount of rainfall like that. I didn't realize that you know measures needed to be taken. And in addition to this flooding, the drip system was on to water the plants. There's so, so many beautiful plants in front of the clinic. But unfortunately, the drip system plus the flooding had made that water come in through the front door. So I had a patient coming in and I needed to get things worked out and handled. And I was able to use that margin of time, which otherwise would have been really stressful and um, could have ultimately really impacted this patient. It was It made the whole thing way easier. So I just handled that situation. I conveyed what was going on. We got that worked out um, with the maintenance people and the patient wasn't any to the wiser because it really didn't impact her. Um, But that is an increased fall risk to have that kind of flooding right there in front of the doorway. So again, that was an example of where that crisis went into a small inconvenience and having a lot of the time to anticipate these kinds of things really brings down the stress level. Um, And so especially those of you with little ones, they throw the craziest stuff at us, right? So if we can allow for a margin of time to address our own needs and our own priorities, we're much better able to allocate time for their interests and their needs. And I say the same thing to my clients that are working on manifesting more abundant lives, except with them, I am talking about sinking funds. So if every year around the holidays, you know, in the United States, it's November, December, I understand in Canada, it's usually October, um, wherever you are in the world. um, If every year around the holidays, you find yourself needing to put gifts and decorations on your credit card and spend the first few months in the new year trying to pay that balance off, then anticipate that in the months preceding the holidays. Create what we call a sinking fund, which is a savings fund anticipating that expense, and use a sinking fund only to cover the expense when it comes. This way we're anticipating things that we know are inevitable, 
So build a schedule that allows you to do the inevitable. So quick review, open messages and act on them or mark them as unread and address them when you can. Create reminders in your phone or computer, whatever, so that you revisit that information. Remember, there's always another way. It's not just a single way. There's a lot of other ways to get things done. And be present when be mindful and pay attention. It's not necessarily that you're getting older. It's that you weren't mindful as the experience was occurring, as the action was taking place. The next important component of today's podcast was decision fatigue is real. I gave you a lot of examples of how I've eliminated making some decisions in my life that I didn't feel were super important on a regular basis. How can you do this in your life? And build a schedule that allows you to do the inevitable so that you are not constantly reacting to crisis mode and in crisis mode and in that sympathetic nervous system response, but that from a parasympathetic space, a calm or stress-managed space, you can react and just say in a responsive way, here's some things that are coming up for me and anticipate those needs for you as a being, for your loved ones and things of that nature. So hopefully we we got to all of your guys' questions. I tried to make it as comprehensive as possible based on the questions that came in. Have a lovely rest of your day. Bye-bye. Hi there. Thanks for tuning in. Let us know what you think of the show by writing a review in iTunes. If you screenshot before submitting, before it gets lost in the abyss for review, and send to us at drlilyhartwell at gmail.com, we'll send you a free guided breathwork. May you go on with your day in joy.